This is the Fight Test Podcast, episode 200. Welcome to the Flight Test Podcast, everyone. Today, what we're doing is talking to a guy called Tom Stanton, who is another guy from the UK, actually. So uh, this is going to be a very British flight test podcast today. (laughs) Um, Tom is uh, famous for his YouTube uh, projects on his YouTube channel called Tom Stanton, aptly named, uh, where he does lots of uh, like 3D 3D printing um, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, we're going to talk to him about those projects and also about uh, aerospace engineering, which is what he studied at uh, college. So without further ado, let's just jump straight into the interview and talk to Tom. Right then, I am joined with Tom Stanton here. And uh, yeah, this is the flight test uh, podcast that has got a very British theme today. So um, I suppose we'll just uh, jump straight in there and say... Tom, how did you get started in radio control and RC and all of that stuff? Uh, I'm sorry, i just say hello to everybody first. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know yeah. what? I should redo that. <laughs> I did. What was I thinking? I didn't even introduce you. Sorry. That's all right. All right. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> Keep rolling. Right, yeah. Um, how I got started in RC. Uh, I've been flying RC planes for quite a while. I, I think I got my first plane in... About 2004, 2005. Um, and then, as a lot of people probably do, they smash it up, get disheartened, and then give up for a bit. Uh, so I, I stopped flying planes for probably three or four years. Then went on a holiday to Thailand and bought a small coaxial helicopter. Um, those are the ones with the two blades, which are on, one on top of each other. Right, yeah. Um, and then that got me started on the very expensive hobby of radio-controlled helicopters. Um <laughs> Yeah. Back then it was it was pretty much, you know, work weekends for a summer job, and then spend all the money on helicopter parts. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> from about two thousand nine, um, I flew I flew helicopters for about seven years, um, and in between mixing with other stuff, you know, I I got back into radio control planes after a while, um, because obviously they're a lot cheaper and you can still have the same amount of fun. Um, so yeah, I flew planes and stuff during that time period. Um, got my first drone uh, back before they were called drones, as you'll probably know as well. <laughs> yep. Uh, quadcopters or tricopters. Yeah, no, actually, it was, I think it was a tricopter I first got. Really? In, All right. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So a bit more was, complicated usually, aren't they? Tricopters. Yeah. Well, back then it was more that a servo was cheaper than a motor. <laughs> so I thought instead of buying four motors, I'll I'll swap out the, one motor and one ESC for a servo. So uh, that that was the reason why I got the tricopter back then. Uh, that was yeah, that was two thousand and eleven, um, and then yeah, sort of just a jumble of different things of flying since then. All sorts <laughs> of contraptions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So I suppose you saw quite a uh, a transition over that time period as technology rapidly increased or improved with the sort of you know it, uh, like for instance the the battery technology. I remember around that time for myself that um, I was using like, you know, really old rubbish batteries 
on these sort of planes which would fly for only a few minutes and then you know after a while you saw the the lipos come in and all of that so uh, yeah. I suppose suppose you saw like that on your airplanes for instance it was quite an improvement only in those few years yeah and the the quality of um the electronics in the motors and also even just like propeller quality like the plastic in the propellers nowadays just so durable whereas back then you know you'd clip a leaf and it would just crack the propeller off and yeah. like back in the day and the, the motors they would come with uh shafts that would just snap all the time and bend and i think i think it was most people start with planes because they're the cheapest form of aviation really i mean racing drones are now very cheap as well um but i started the opposite way with helicopters and slowly graduated to saving money um but the helicopters i feel they were a lot better built back then um they're really high quality like motors electronics and stuff obviously expensive um but now no now like the you know now you can get motors for 10 quid can't you that yeah exactly yeah. quite a lot of thrust and stuff yeah so. yeah it's amazing yeah i remember seeing a video uh recently on youtube of this uh i think it was a channel called fully charged um yeah with a guy from the uk over here <laughs> it's getting even more british this podcast but <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah he, he does this channel um called fully charged it's all about electric bikes and uh you know uh electric cars teslas stuff like that but there was one episode where he went to a uh, electric airplane factory or not factory but like a company which is starting to produce i think it was racing aircraft for things like the red bull airways and uh he was demonstrating these hobby grade motors uh, and had like one of them on a test stand and this guy who was doing the the, the uh the youtube channel he was just absolutely mind blown by this tiny little thing that can create such a massive force it's just mm. yeah it's quite it's uh yeah you, you get used to it like nowadays you sort of lose track of how good this technology actually is sometimes mm. but it is uh it does allow us to do quite a lot so yeah, I'm sure you've seen that over the, the past, yeah. past few years. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everything's just become better quality and, and more reliable. Like, I remember when I would have speed controllers just burning out constantly in my plane, and I'd just replace one, and then it'd burn out again a week later. And nowadays, you know, you can buy the, the drone racing type 20, 30 amp things, run on four cell batteries, and they, yeah, you can hit them into a tree at 60 miles an hour and they're still fine <laughs> so. they just bounce off yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so uh so going back to your helicopters and stuff like that i remember um what you you showing me in the past you showed me one of those massive helicopters that used to fly and you're saying something like that the servos cost like 100 pounds or something like that which is i don't know about 120 dollars 130 dollars so yeah, yeah. seriously expensive stuff sometimes when it, when you scale the helicopters up yeah, that that was. Um, I don't really like to think about it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It was, it was more like a, during my A levels and also university, I'd I'd work. Uh, I guess you could say full time during the summer. You know, Monday to Friday, and um, whatever would come in from my paycheck would go out on helicopter parts. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of seeing you know the servos being ninety pounds, two hundred pounds each, I would just be like, Well that helicopter's a few hundred pounds, I'll just buy that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which uh exactly. yeah. Now now I'm a bit more um what do you say? Older. I can't justify spending that much money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, when I was at uni I was like, Oh well I'll just uh you know, spend less on going out and having fun and just spend a bit more on aeroplanes or something mm. like that. But now I'm like Oh, I have to really <laughs> be a bit more careful. But 
it's not quite as simple as that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, cool. Well, I just mentioned university there, and uh, my next question was going to be about your university or college degree, uh, mm. which is aerospace engineering. Um, so yeah, how did you get involved in that? Was it quite a straightforward transition from doing your uh, your RC hobby, and then you're just really into like aeroplanes and aerodynamics and stuff, or was it a bit more like a bit different than that? It it was it was quite difficult actually. A lot of people say, um, well, it was an obvious choice to go for aerospace engineering um, for the interest that I was in. But um, I was I was quite divided between going for mechanical engineering and aerospace engineering. Um, I was basically looking for a degree that would let me do what I like doing now, but <laughs> <laughs> they don't really exist. So um, no, I, I I can't remember exactly why I picked aerospace in the end. I think um, it was a lot more aerodynamic and sort of fluid dynamic based rather than uh, mechanical structural structurally based, um, which the aerodynamic side of it interests me quite a bit. So uh, I think that was the reason why I chose it in the end. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I can relate to that then. Mm. I'd pre- probably prefer to be doing something with like fluid dynamics rather than, uh, than structural stuff. Seems mm. like there'd be uh, quite a lot of maths in the in the uh, the latter in the structural stuff so they, they trust me it's actually worse in the aerodynamic oh, really? side yeah <laughs> a lot worse fair <laughs> enough <laughs> i mean I, I we did portions of structural engineering as well but no the the aerodynamic maths is a nightmare really yeah <laughs> so would you say that you have to be really good at maths to sort of go into uh, that sort of course uh yeah, I mean, if you can do A level maths, it's it's just a slight extension on that. It it's not majorly um, crazy. I mean, it's just it's basically like applying what you learn A level maths into a more complex mm. sort of theoretical stuff. Yeah. But um, I I do remember, I think it was at the end of one of my one of my aerodynamic semesters, the modules. Um, my lecturer said. Yeah, all, all of the notes and maths that you've learned for the last, I don't know how long it was, three months or something, uh, he was like, oh yeah, um, that doesn't really mean much. It's just theoretical. <laughs> He's like, in, in reality, we have no idea. <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, that was a bit interesting. It's <laughs> funny, yeah. So um, so yeah, what sort of things did you, did you kind of do um, on your course? Like, I suppose the different modules and things. Was it... Uh, was it sort of quite varied or did you have lots of different modules on different areas and what sort of areas were they? Uh, so, yeah, we in the first year, obviously, starts out really basic because everyone comes from different backgrounds and mm, everything. Yeah. Um, and then they, they, what it seemed like to me was about 25% of what we did was actual practical stuff. Actually, probably even less than that, probably 20%. And the rest was just all theoretical maths, um, or maths-based theory. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, a lot, a lot of coursework and stuff. It's, it's, it's painful to think about again. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I'm doing this up again. I'm just like I'm reliving the nightmares. Yeah, you're trying, trying to forget this phase. <laughs> but uh, that's interesting. So, would you not recommend it then, or, or would you? Would you say that if it's something that you're really passionate about? And you should, and you're good at maths. <laughs> you should definitely go for that kind of career. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very tricky thing to say if I recommend it or not. Um, I'm very glad I did it 
because it's you know experience that I wouldn't have learned if I just dropped out after A levels. Um, but then where I look at where I'm now, some some ways did help me, and then some ways didn't. It's it's tricky. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I do recommend it as a degree if you're looking to go into engineering mm. um, because you learn so much more than you would just from A-levels. Yeah, so. yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I suppose we should say also that there are it, it's not just, uh, you know, aerospace or structural stuff, or it's not aerospace, but it's not just aerodynamics or structural things that you can you can go into the aviation industry to do. You can go and do, say, if you're passionate about aircraft, you can MTSU, for instance, uh, we, Flight Test. We've been partnered with them for for a while now. They they actually came to Flight Fest, uh, and th- yeah, they're super cool guys. But yeah, they they actually do lo- like a load of different courses to do with like maintenance and you know being a pilot stuff like that. So yeah, there's really we should say that there, there are a lot of different avenues you could go into um, with this kind of mm. thing. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, that's that's very interesting. All right, many of our listeners out there may have seen Tom's videos before uh, because uh, he's been ma- making them for quite a while now. Um, but, yeah, many of you out there may not know how Tom actually started, including myself. So how, Tom, did you get into making YouTube videos and how long ago was that? Well, uh, actually making YouTube videos, I've, oh, I don't even know how many years, probably, well probably not far after it's YouTube started. Um, I, I used to I used to make uh, water rockets, uh, hovercrafts and trebuchets like when I was 12 or 13 or something like that. But um, in terms of my current channel, uh, I started it, I think you can still see my first video. It's uh, in, it was in 2011 um, and it's when what did I do? Oh yeah, I was, I was flying a plane while I was talking to the camera. I don't know if you've seen it. And, uh, <laughs> I think I might have done actually. <laughs> and at the end of the video, the, the plane flies over my head into the tree behind me and gets stuck. Um, but yeah, that, that's, 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 so my current channel was started in 2011. Um, I didn't really take it that seriously. I just sort of upload various plane videos once every few months. Um, and then I started uploading more videos uh, late 2016 um, whilst I was at university studying um, stuff like I think I did a 3D printed plane at that point uh, which it did quite well so that that sort of got me you know interested in trying to push the channel a bit further yeah definitely um, yeah so at that time I was also I had a drone business uh, which I started um, and I was running that alongside doing YouTube and then also university. Um, and then my plan, uh, when I, for when I left, un- for when I was going to leave university, my plan was to do this drone business full time. Um, and what I was doing with these drones, I was getting these carbon fiber parts cut in China, shipped over to England and I'd sell them here. Um, and my plan was to buy a CNC machine, manufacture them in England, and then sell them for, uh, well, hopefully save my cost a bit by cutting them, cutting the parts myself. Um, anyway, I left university. Uh, my CNC machine that I bought never worked, which was a nightmare. Uh, the guy I bought it from just didn't build it properly. Uh, and then the Chinese started putting up the prices for the parts I was buying. And uh, so I gave up on that and decided to do YouTube. Ah, it's funny uh, how these things work out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd 
I'd already built a workshop and, well, okay, I didn't have the CNC machine at that time, but I'd purchased a CNC machine ready for this business. And then turns out I gave up on that and then did YouTube. So, uh, yeah, I've been officially, I guess you could say, been doing YouTube full time since October 2017? No, 16. Wait. Yeah, 2016. I got, um, I think, sorry, I forgot to mention. I got my first 3D printer in 2016 as well. Um, it was like a, it was, my, my parents put some money towards it for my 21st birthday and also that Christmas present that year. Yeah. Um, so I guess I could thank them for helping me. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a very good investment, I think, for your YouTube channel. Judging yeah. on how many 3D printed uh, projects there are <laughs> out there, or, or projects that just include 3D printing. So yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. It's quite funny. They went sorry. Just um, when my parents offered to put money towards a three D printer, at that time I really wanted a CNC machine. <laughs> right. So I, I was like, I was like, thanks, but like kind of disappointed because I really wanted a CNC machine. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. no, I'm I'm definitely glad I got the three D printer instead. Yeah, open up so many different. Possibilities. It seemed to work straight away rather than the, the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's weird how uh, you go down these different avenues and then. This is where I've ended up, so. Yeah, no, well, it seems like a good place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, so, um, yeah, going back to your, um, one of your first 3D printed projects then, uh, the, which was the 3D printed plane. Mm. Uh, so what was that for the people who haven't seen the video? So uh, I basically 3D printed a, a remote control plane, a radio control plane, fully from PLA plastic. Um, this was, it was shortly after Flight Test did the P-38 Lightning video. Yeah, so I'd seen the, the Flight Test video on that and I I thought I'd really, you know, I'd be interested in trying that myself. I, I didn't know how they designed it back then. Um, so it was funny actually, I, uh, I had an exam on my birthday and as soon as I finished my exams, the rest of my housemates at university, they were still studying because they had an exam the next day. But I spent the whole day and night up to like 3 a.m. designing that plane. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's an intense birthday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have like a, you have your, so you wake up, you have to <laughs> have a cram loads of revision in, <laughs> go in, go in for an exam, and then you come back, and instead of just chilling out and then celebrating, you're like, right, next project, 3D well, printed well, plane. <laughs> the thing is, because, because my housemates were still studying for their exam, mm. and, you know, the rest of my family were at home, I was staying away at university, no one else was like willing to celebrate with me, so I was, oh, I was just no. like, "Oh well, I I'll just get that's on with designing this plane." Yeah, that's not what you want on your birthday. <laughs> well, it, true, it was yeah. quite enjoyable. I suppose, yeah, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> and then I suppose the next day you can celebrate. So that's cool. So yeah, but, oh, that's funny. <laughs> You're just like, "Yep, on with the next project." Want them YouTube views? So <laughs> yep, up till three a.m. designing it. Yeah, my housemates probably thought I was going crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. That's really cool. So yeah, what other projects have you used the three D pr printer on? Um, I suppose you've you've done the uh, the compressed air powered plane, which many people will have seen because that one was very popular. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was uh, something that I've always wanted to do. Actually, before I had a three D printer, I this was when I was way back as a kid. I tried to make one out of a uh, remember those old film canisters, the tubes. And, oh yeah, yeah, remember? yeah. I tried to make an air engine out of one of those, but um, yeah, my engineering skills weren't up to par then. 
<laughs> it was like oh, tooth, cool. it was like toothpaste, um, toothpicks, hot glue, and a film canister, and I was like, "That's not gonna work." <laughs> <laughs> but brilliant. at the time, it was you know, it was my imagination going. So yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose it it sparked something, and uh, you know, years so, later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as soon yeah, as soon as I got the three D printer, I was like, oh, "I need to try this at some point." And then to actually get it working was was quite yeah, quite an achievement, I think. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I remember seeing in the video your uh, your expression when it actually when you fired that thing up and it started turning. That's some pretty. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it, it, a picture says a thousand words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the the uh, the video doesn't even do it justice. How many attempts I had to take to try and get it to work? Really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I've mentioned it to you before, but the um, the the there's a spring on the top of the piston on the old engine. And it had to be like the most perfect spring tension to to like open this valve at the exact right time for the engine to run. And I just tried so many different springs. And um, one day I just put this random spring in. And I was just sitting at my computer. And I, I, I just blow inside the engine with my mouth. And it like fires up. And I'm like, <laughs> quickly, grab the camera. <laughs> run down my shed. Run down my shed and just like attach this bottle to it with a pump. And then I'm like yeah. recording. Oh, it was, it was, yeah. That's a eureka funny. moment if ever I've heard one. Yeah. It's <laughs> brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So, yeah. So then you, uh, you stuck that on a, on a plane and, mm. uh, or you built a plane around it, I suppose you should say. Uh, but yeah, that, so, and that, how much success did you have with that for people who haven't seen the video? Uh, not very much. <laughs> <laughs> to put it bluntly. Yeah. The, um, I guess it was just, it was a bit too heavy, right? It, it it it. I got a few good flights out of it. I guess you could say, you know, like twenty second flights, which you could probably throw further. But um, but no, it was, it was an interesting experiment, trying to replicate the old air hogs engine planes. Yeah, so that's where you got your inspiration from, I suppose. Yeah. Planes. yeah. 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 No, it was quite interesting. Um, someone contacted me on Instagram a few months later, saying they put one of the old Airhogs engines onto a DLG glider. Oh, yeah. And he, uh, I think he got it to fly for like a minute and a half. I, n- I never saw a video of it, but he posted a picture of it. Right, yeah. So, um, no, I'd, I'd <laughs> like to see someone do that again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's an interesting concept. Yeah, hmm. I suppose a, a DLG would be quite uh, an efficient airframe to, to stick something like that on. So Yeah, super if light. If it's big enough, yeah, definitely. No, that's really interesting. Yeah, cool. And uh, we should say, or I should say, that uh, for all of our uh, listeners listening to this right now, you will be able to see all of these videos that we're talking about and uh, read some extra information about them in the article, which is uh, to written to a company uh, every every podcast and and the one that's specific to this one. So yeah, just go and uh, go into the description of this podcast, click on the link, and it should take you to the article, um, and then you can. You can read bonus concept, uh, content about this. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, other than your 3D printed projects, what other sort of projects have you been working on recently? And Or, or if they are 3D printed. <laughs> Either or, really. <laughs> Just what mm-hmm. sort of projects have you been working on in the, in the last few months? So, I've been trying to expand uh, what I can do. Because I, I'm, well, probably like you, I guess the same, quite mechanically minded. Like, we can build physical planes and stuff and put electronics in them um, but I've been trying to learn ele- the electronic side of it a bit more 
Um, so been basically diving into Arduino stuff. Oh, right, yeah. Finding out how that can control servos and use different inputs and stuff like that. Mm. And um, yeah, it's just there's so many different possibilities with these <laughs> electronics things. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd seen people make Arduino projects in the past, but until I actually you know, messed around with the code and understood how it works and stuff like that, then um, yeah. No, I'd, I'd just been expanding different ideas. I'm, um, I'm currently working on a new vertical takeoff plane, uh, which I haven't really announced yet. So this is Ooh, new. This is a <laughs> this is our first. We're getting a, a news break here on the uh, flight test <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. In, well, in terms of um, when I say new, it's basically another revision of my previous one, which is mm. like the the bicopter style V two oh, yeah. type thing. Yeah. Um, because my old one was really heavy because I used aluminium spars and stuff. Um, and also, a lot of people were asking me for the 3D printed files for it. Um, but because it was actually my final year project for my dissertation at university, um, I didn't really want to be putting you know stuff out there on the internet before I'd finished. And then by the time I'd finished, no one was then asking for it. <laughs> so uh, so yeah. I was, I'm sort of just thinking about you know, I'm going to design and build this one, and then I'll put all the files out online, and um, probably some tutorials and stuff about how to, you know, make your own. Hmm, that's really cool. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's that's cool. Well, that kind of reminds me of the project that we actually did together, which was. Yeah. Uh, so, for any of the listeners out there, um, just to expand on what I just said there, uh, Tom and I uh, did a collaboration project a while ago uh, in August, I think it was. Um, yeah, yeah, so a couple of months back. And yeah, we built this, uh, th- what was it, a sort of uh, thrust vectoring kind of design uh, like with a delta wing. Uh, and yeah, that, that was quite an interesting project. So I think that borrowed some of your, your technology there that you've developed for the vertical takeoff planes. Mm. And uh, yeah, we got it. We got we are, we actually got it to take off vertically as well, which is a bit yeah. hairy. <laughs> Almost hit me <laughs> once with it. <laughs> that was a good plane. It was, yeah. I've got it hanging up right next to me actually right now. So it's uh-huh. it survived as well. Like even though we smashed it into the ground at one point, but <laughs> just about survived. Just about, yeah. <laughs> Define survived. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's looking a bit crinkled, but yeah, the foam held up. So, <laughs> but anyway. So, yeah, I'm sure we'll see lots more projects along those lines in the future. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure we can all uh, be excited about that. And didn't I see uh, that you're working on a new 3D-printed aeroplane as well? Uh, yeah, that well, that fuselage is actually part of the the vertical takeoff plane oh, that we're building. it all comes together, I yeah, understand. Yeah, yeah, because you said in the end of that video, you're like, oh, well, I'm not going to tell you everything about this plane. So <laughs> Yeah, well, if you, if you uh, have a look closely at points in the video, when I export one of the 3D print of the STL files, the folder is named VTOL V4. Ah, an Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> and like when, when I um when I show you the fuselage bit at the top, there's a, there's a little tab and it says VTOL on it. So, uh, a few <laughs> nice. people picked up on it, but not many. Oh, did they? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah, so I'm, I'm basically using it um, as the fuselage for the plane so I can fit all the, you know, the gyros and accelerometers and servos and stuff inside it. Yeah, yeah. So it will be a nice sort of uh, pod that you can hold all of that stuff in, yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. Mm. Well, I'm very much looking forward to seeing how that one goes. And 
possibly even printing one of my own at some point yeah. <laughs> when I get a, a new printer. And yeah, that, that'll be, uh, I'm looking forward to that, definitely. So yeah, as I said, uh, for all of you vis- uh, listeners, listeners, <laughs> combining listeners and viewers, uh, for all of you listeners out there, um, all of the uh, videos and things like that will be linked in the article. So you can go and have a look at those right after this. Uh, unless you're like driving somewhere or something like that and you're listening to this, uh, which in that case, wait until you stop and then you can go and, <laughs> go and view all of that content. But uh, yeah. All right. So I think that's just about it. Uh, where can people find your YouTube channel, Tom? Um, just search Tom Stanton on YouTube. And hopefully I won't be number two. Yeah, sweet. Okay. Well, uh, I think that's about it. So yeah. Thanks very much for being on, Tom, and we'll catch you again in the future, hopefully. Thank you very much. Cheers. And that was the Flight Test Podcast this week. Thanks to Tom Stanton again for joining us. Uh, In two weeks' time, we'll be having another guest joining us to talk about RC, aviation, and all things aerospace. Again, you can check out uh, extra fun stuff about this podcast on flighttest.com, and we'll see you next time.